Wow, I am so glad that you are connecting right now. Um, it is early. If you have someone you want to join um, the Zoom call, please, please send this information to someone. Um, if you want to add them to the group chat, group me app, you can personally actually um, add them to the group me app. And so at the same time, we are actually podcasting this segment because I think and I believe that everyone can benefit from anything that we have to talk about. Like I have Megan with me, my daughter-in-law. So we're just going to talk a little bit, conversate a little bit and, and just get started. All right. So I'm going to have um, Megan open us up in prayer. Yes. So thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for just having us here. All the women, Father God, all the beautiful women that we have here, Father God. And for those even that um, couldn't even make it, we just ask, Lord God, that you just bless us, Father God. Continue just to watch over us, Lord. Yes. And I pray for PG, for the words that are going to come out of her mouth, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Um, if you're taking notes, you have a journal, um, and you need a title, you can title it, Satan Knows You Have an Assignment. Every single one of us has an assignment. And so I'm going to conversate with Megan here. Um, and the biggest thing is sometimes, well, let me, let, me, let me go back before we start with the Satan knows you have an assignment. Um, all of us, all of us, we all have an assignment. Mm -hmm. We were born for a reason and for a purpose. And so... Um, the biggest thing is sometimes people um, don't know they have an assignment and they don't know, you know, why, why was I born? What, yeah. what was I born to do? And if you don't know, um, my biggest recommendation is that you set time alone with God and you ask God, what is my purpose? Yeah, definitely. What was I born to do or what was I born to be, right? Um, and we have to ask God that because we need to know that the moment you can discover and encounter your purpose and why you were born is the moment Satan or your enemy says, you know what? I know her assignment. So this is how I'm going to get her to not fulfill it. And so that's what we're going to talk about. You know, there's a lot of things that you have and you dream and you desire to do, but something kind of sets you back from not doing it yeah so and and what are some things you can share with me that maybe you have experienced or you've had friends that have talked to you about man I want to do this this but I can't and then the negativity kicks in yeah so for instance like I love to do graphic designing and um, for that though sometimes I can get I beat myself up for it sometimes whenever I look at my work and I'm like, uh, maybe it's a little too cheesy. Oh, I don't like the font here. I don't like the colors. It's not good enough. So a lot of times it's like, I want to post my stuff. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. But I feel like it's always because of like my mind, I guess, because yeah. of like my thoughts. I say like, okay, it's not good enough to, I compare it too much to maybe like another person's Somebody work. else's work. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like sometimes that can hold me back. And, and don't get, don't get, don't get me wrong. It's okay to not think that your work is not good enough, but you know what that is? And I'm going to share this. Whenever you feel that way, it's because it's God's greatness or God's creativity inside of you saying, that's not good enough. You can do better than that. Mm -hmm. 
but you got to be able to tell the difference between God saying, no, you, there's better you can do yeah. than you personally just, you know, criticizing. Because we're our biggest judge and we're, sure. we criticize ourselves. I mean, stand in front of the mirror right now and I bet you you'll find three things that you don't like. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're our biggest judge on yeah. that. We're like, okay, I don't like the chickmunk cheeks and I don't like the extra Mich- Michelin tire that I yeah. have on my waist, but right? I think it's like what you just said right now. It's just where you kind of know that you can do better, yeah. right? It's kind yeah. of like, okay, I missed this part. So then you go back and you're like, I can do this a little bit better and stuff. So I think that's, that's probably what it is. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'll share with you, um. I'm an A student. That's just, I wasn't raised like that. Um, and that's okay. But when I realized that God's greatness is inside of me, I always thought, okay, I'm worth an A. And so um, just knowing, the knowing that, you know, God's greatness is inside yeah. of you is what makes you like, you know what? No, I can do better. Mm-hmm. And so, but just be able to distinguish between God's greatness in you and the enemy saying you're not good enough. So you got to be able to be able to tell the difference, right? And so I know that every single one of us in this Zoom has an assignment. And there's some of you that are saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have an assignment. But again, ask God to reveal it to you because we all have that assignment. And you know what? Hell will give some of us some special instructions and some of us take that special instruction. Like, you know, like you were saying, I'm not, it's not good enough. So be able to tell the difference between God's greatness saying you can do much better and hell saying "Ah, it's worthless. You're, you know, this is not good enough. So anyways, once, how would you know if it was God telling you to do better? So if you work on a project, like she mentioned a project, if you work on the project, and then you look at it, mm-hmm. and we all have the habit of comparing. So that's that's normal. Yeah. We compare, and then you work on it again, and then it looks better. Okay. That's when you're like, okay, this looks much better. And you feel like more at peace. And you f- you have that peace, and you have that feeling like, man, I did a good job. It's like mm-hmm. a good feeling like if you accomplished something. Yeah. When you feel that, that's God. You know, God's saying, you know what, it looks really nice or whatever. But if you continue in that cycle, and then a week later, you're still feeling that way, and then two weeks later, and you're still feeling that way, and then now it's, you know, it was 1995 then, now it's 2020, and you still feel that way, well, then that's not God. Yeah. You know, God's greatness doesn't make you feel that you're unworthy, and it's not good enough for so many years. That's just not God. And so... But having that peace to say, and you feel accomplished about what you did, mm-hmm. is what's going to make you um, yeah. know it's from God. And so, um, let's see. Once you realize that God has already given you that assignment, and you know mm-hmm. the enemy gets terrified. He gets terrified. He gets terrified because he already knows that God has already given you that assignment, and you're that person that's like, free mm-hmm. to do it period yeah. and so i don't know if you want to add you a little something that determination to that you're going to do it right yes that confidence yes. once and then i'm going to i'm going to switch it up a little bit mm-hmm. some of us already know our assignment but sometimes we get knocked off our feet 
during our assignment. Yeah. And the enemy loves to see that happen all the time. So whatever you're doing, whatever assignment that God has given you and you have a setback, mm -hmm. um, the enemy loves that. That's the opportunity where he comes in and he'll just dismantle you. Meaning, mentally, he starts to work through you like try to break you down break you down yeah. like break you down you're not worth it you're not good enough nobody loves you they didn't even check on you they don't even like you they don't just things like that the enemy will come and just dismantle you yeah. mentally you know like yesterday um I, I spoke to you about it earlier that i had an incident with a co-worker mm -hmm. um we had kind of like gotten into it and i was talking to henry about it also yesterday that I was telling him to my, my director because I went to go like speak up about it about how he was treating me mm -hmm. and I told my director that there were some things I said that was probably unprofessional that I shouldn't have said you know because at the moment I'm like I forgot about Jesus and yep. I like I put my like, flesh into it I meet you at the parking lot yes. of HEB right <laughs> it's like I don't care where I'm at right now but you know, there was things that I had to own up to it, mm -hmm. which I was, I was proud of myself. I was like, okay, at least I owned up to it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I told Henry though, that I didn't see this as an opportunity to beat myself up about mm -hmm. it, to t say like, oh yeah, like I'm a bad worker now. Like now, what if the director is going to think of me? What if like mm -hmm. I can't move up now or anything? I saw it as an opportunity to ask her like, okay, what can I do to get better mm -hmm. where if I continue to work with people like that? Because I know working with coworkers sometimes can be, you know, a hassle. Um, and no matter where you go, you're always going to have that one person. So I asked her, I was like, what can I do to get better? And I saw mm -hmm. it as an opportunity. And so I feel like that kind of goes with what you're saying too, is like not allowing the enemy to like knock you down, mm -hmm. but also just seeing that as an opportunity, even mm -hmm. when you do have that knockdown, just to get back up, right? And just allow God to, like, rebuild you up and, you know, go back yeah. and forward it, right? So I shared with Megan earlier, I said, a lot of times you may be working with someone. They might be a coworker or um, a friend of the family or whatever. Mm -hmm. Usually people, like, are so quick to criticize and judge you yeah. because of what someone else said about you. So they're going off of what someone said mm -hmm. and not off of, I really know her, you know, you, and, and some of y'all might experience that, that you might have a friend that starts talking really bad about a new person. Yeah. That person, your friend is putting a perception in your mind without you really knowing that person. And so then you start to believe, remember, we got to be careful what we're listening to, who we're listening yeah. to. Um, and what we're seeing because literally somebody can have a conversation with you and make you believe something about a person that you don't even know That's yet. That's so true because I feel like a lot of girls, especially if you have like a group of girlfriends, mm -hmm. that can happen a lot. Yes. That can really happen. It happens even at work. Like people would just say whether it's a good, that they can be critical or judgmental about you mm -hmm. and then they start to treat you in a different manner yeah. like it's just it's not good so if you are that person that likes to be critical and judgmental and talk to your friends about someone that they don't yeah. even know yet I would put a stop to it because everyone has a right to get to know a person because we all have different perceptions mm -hmm. all of us we all have different perceptions so I think it's only fair that 
people, allow people to get to know that person for who they are and not for what you said about them, yeah. um, vice versa. You might be that person that's being mistreated or looked down at or disrespected because someone verbally said something about you yeah. without knowing you because it's happened to me a lot of times. A lot of people say, oh, I never came up to you because I was intimidated. You have that intimidating look. But it was because someone already planted that in their mind. I'm like, you never, never, you'll never get to know yeah. me unless you actually, talk, actually to you, right? talk to me to get to know who I am. Yeah. And so just those things. Um, the enemy, uh, and I'm going to just share something really quick with you. Mm -hmm. And I know I shared it on the last time. Um, I, when I wasn't serving Christ, I was going through some things and mm -hmm. I was doing drugs. I almost had an overdose. Um, and I went through something. So yeah. I literally had reached the end of myself. Like I said, okay. And even when I was under the influence of the alcohol and the drugs, mm -hmm. I would grab the Bible and I would read it. And I would always read in the beginning God. And I would only read chapter one because every night I thought, okay, I'm going to start you know, I'm going to start crying and have my own pity party. And I would every Friday and Saturday, I would have a pity party in my room. And I would read in the beginning, you know, in the beginning, Genesis one all the time, all the time. Like I'm probably should already have it memorized, but, um, I, I had reached already the end of myself. Right. Yeah. But some of you might be experiencing a domestic, a Damascus. I cannot say his, that road Damascus road with Jesus and you're wondering well what is that if you go back and read um, Acts chapter 9 mm -hmm. um, it tells you where Paul who then was called Saul um, was headed to this road and he encountered Christ and he was stricken and blind for a, for a while but he had to experience that because that's the only way that he became this radical disciple right yeah. thank God I didn't have to go blind but I almost OD'd, right? So, I mean, that's basically, that's, that's even closer to heaven than being blind, um, right? Yeah. I mean, or, I mean, I mean, a blind person would probably tell you that that's, that that's close to heaven because they can't see. They only depend on what God can show them, right? And so, but Paul became this radical um, believer. And no one in history has ever set a church on fire as Paul did. I mean, he was just straight up and blind. I always tell you that my husband is the, is a, is a Paul to, you know, is a saw to Paul. And, um, mm -hmm. I think my husband is really radical and he just kind of says it like it is. Yeah. I think it's to the that. point. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, he, Paul set this church on fire, but he embraced spiritual change from God yeah. because he submitted himself to God. And so going back to Satan, knowing your assignment, Satan knew, um, Saul's, um, assignment mm -hmm. and Satan knew that Saul would become Paul and so he tried to take that from him but again God if God gives you a calling or gives you something um, he won't take it back yeah but the enemy will try to take it and and if you allow him he yeah, will take it. it so we all have an assignment and the enemy has a lot of strategies and ways that he can take that. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, and I can say it's very simple, is generational curses. Mm -hmm. Generational curses is one way that the enemy can take you out, your family line. And I'll share mine. I'll share one, one of mine. One of 12,000. I'm just waiting. No. One, of, one of mine um, is 
a generational curse of suicide. Mm -hmm. My uncle was not in the right road. And I'm not going to go through his whole background, but he was part of things that you just don't want to be part of. And um, I literally thought, it, and I know it was a plot and a plan of someone framing him to kill himself, but it became a generational curse, suicide. Mm -hmm. So you got a 9 millimeter Glock, hollow, hollow point bullets, um, and he blew his brain out. He blew his whole brains out. They were everywhere on the wall, brains and hair everywhere on the walls. We had to clean it up because they found his body and took him. Even the law enforcement said, oh, good, another one of these out of our way, you know, that we don't have to be worrying about because he was involved in the wrong things. Yeah. But that spirit of suicide is now, like, really heavy and strong on my mom's side of the family that, I mean, something bad happens, and all of a sudden they're all, you know, on social media, how they want to end their life. And I'm like, yeah. guys, this is a generational curse. It's a generational curse, you know. Come on, don't you see it or... Are you blinded by what it is? Because it's not a good thing. It's the enemy tricking you to kill yourself so that you can suffer more with him. Yeah. And when you people fall for it, it's like the craziest thing. Because if you think you're living hell now, you're going to live hell eternally when the enemy tricks you to do it. And you do it and he's laughing at your face like, <laughs> yeah. ah, you idiot. Like you just did this. Now you're going to suffer with me for life. I mean, you thought life was hell? No, hell is hell. Yeah. And so, and he laughs in your face when you do it. He's laughing in your face. And he actually has the power to show you what God had for you. He'll show you, look, you should have been this. But because you listened to my suggestions and my recommendations wow. and you did it, now you're in hell. And so I just say that because um, when I hear my family, I have like, a few family members that keep saying it. I, I, a lot of it is attention, but eventually it's a generational cor uh, curse yeah. that it can literally happen. It's a strong, 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 like evil force that comes over you and takes control of you that you are crying to like crying yourself out and you yeah. can't get out. And I know because I've experienced it and you just can't get out of that mm -hmm. power. It's an evil demonic power and it's real and it's strong. But that's one generational curse. The enemy will use strategies to sabotage your assignment. Wow. And one of them is through generational curses. So if you could sit there and, and journalize your, your generational curses, like what does my family deal with? Is it alcoholism? Yeah. Is it maybe being married to 10 wives? Or is it like, you know, lust and sex, yeah. stuff? What are those generational curses? Is it drugs? Is it maybe depression or wow. suicide? Is it oppression? I mean, look at your grandma, your great-grandma, your grandma, your mom, your aunts, your uncles. What is it that you see as a sick cycle yeah. that's happening in their lives that maybe you might be experiencing? And maybe it's a generational curse that you need God to help you break because yeah. you don't want to end up in that. Not because you don't love them. You love them still, but you don't want to end up in the same road because guess what? One day you're going to get married and you're going to have kids and do you really want your daughter to deal with that? I mean, you know, the struggle already. Yeah. Do you really want your son to struggle through that? I mean, if it's hard for you as an individual, do you really want to see your kids go through it? Yeah. And if you don't, have that boldness and, and break it. Break it. With God's help, you've got to break it. Mm -hmm. It's got to become your mission to want to be free from pain. It's got to be your mission. Yeah. It's got to be your own personal mission. You have to mission. Do it 
to say, you know what, I'm going to break this pain off. I'm going to be free from this because I'm not letting it pass down to my kids. Mm -hmm. And so know your assignment, but don't let the enemy take that assignment. Definitely. Do you want to add anything else before we close no, out? I, I think the only thing I would have to say was just you're talking about generational curses. And I know for for instance, for instance, like I know depression kind of like runs inside the family mm -hmm. as far as like mine. And so with that, it's just like now that I, I feel like since I already acknowledged it, it's like, okay, what am I going to do about it? Right. And so a lot of times I had to like fight thoughts of me feeling lonely. So for me, it's like I love to surround myself with like people. Mm -hmm. I love to, you know, do it to where it's just yeah. like. If I'm driving in the car and like sometimes if I gotta have like some worship music going, if not, then like my my thoughts mm -hmm. sometimes can like try to overpower me. So it's just kind of like okay, what am I doing to like tune that stuff out? So I'll put some worship music on, or else I'll put on like the message and stuff. Yeah. And I've I've learned that that has really really helps me a lot to become much of a better person than I am to, than than I was you know back then. And I felt like it really helped me not feel, you know, depressed or like lonely or whatever, or like wanting to isolate myself, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. a lot of times it's hard because it's like, man, I just, I don't want to be with anybody right now. I just want to be like by myself. But in that moment, it's just kind of like you have to step out of like that comfort zone and just, you know, surround yourself with like, I say, like, you know, whoever. Yeah, you're close you got to face. Yeah. Face what you're dealing with. Yes. You cannot draw away from it. Face what yeah. you're dealing with. But I feel like yeah. I, I couldn't do it, honestly, without like God on my side, though, for sure. Yeah. That's so, true. Yeah. Amen. All right. So if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, we are just glad that you are listening. Don't forget, I'm all over social media. Please don't forget to share this content. We are here to build each other up, right? New week, new you. Be engaged, stay connected. Yes. Love God, love people, serve others, and change the world. We'll see you on the next episode.